I'm going to have us start with something completely different today. And that is with something called a body scan. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. It might make me scared if I were in your position, but don't be scared. So what I want you to do is sit comfortably in your chair. Sit up a little bit. Put your back against the chair. Put your feet on the floor. If you're at home on the couch, maybe sit up a bit. Again, get your feet on the floor. And just start by taking a few breaths in and out. Feeling the air move in and out of your body. Maybe close your eyes so you can feel your body even a little bit better. Notice what it feels like to have your back against the chair and your feet on the floor. And then starting at the very top of your head, just scan your body. Imagine your eyes, just your attention just going from top to bottom. And just pay attention. Just notice. Notice where there's pain. Notice where something's uncomfortable. Notice where something's tight or where it feels like something is expansive. So just start at your head and down through your forehead, through your face, down your neck. Now across the top of your shoulders and your shoulder blades, down your torso into your arms. Keep going down, your torso, your arms, your hips, your rear, into your hands. Feel your attention spread out through your fingertips. Now move down your legs, through your knees, down to your ankles. And for a second, just notice your joints. And if it feels like you need to move some, move them. Scan down into your feet, into your toes. And take a minute to notice where your feet meet the ground, the soles of your feet. And now just take a breath. And when you're ready, just open your eyes. What was that like? Did it feel uncomfortable or soothing? Just think for a second to yourself, what did you notice in your body? Did something surprise you? And notice, how do you feel now? How does your body feel now compared to maybe when you came in today or when I got up here to start preaching? And now the question, why did I do this? A couple of reasons. One, we are going through something traumatic right now in our community. Trauma is something that gets stuck in our bodies, where our bodies can get stuck in a fight or flight or freeze. And so simple things like this are ways we can do things even now to help us move through this community and help move through this as a community in a healthy way, and be able to hear from the Lord. I don't know about you, but in this busy season, I forget sometimes to just check in with my body. And certainly our evangelical tradition 
de-emphasizes the significance of our bodies. So we don't really have that in our favor. But our bodies make a difference for how we move about in the world. Our gender makes a difference, or how we fit into the kind of boxes of gender makes a difference. The size of our bodies makes a difference for how we move about in the world. I do pretty well on planes, because I'm kind of, I'm not that big. Some of you, planes are harder, right? Makes a difference. Our skin color or race makes a difference for how we move about in the world. Our attractiveness makes a difference. Our ableness, what our body is able to do or not, makes a difference for how we move into the world. I don't notice where there's handrails. I've had some people even here say, hey, we're missing a handrail here. Our bodies make a difference. Our age certainly makes a difference. All that to say bodies matter in how we walk about in the world and in Scripture. And that's the second reason I wanted to do this exercise today, is that today's scriptures are full of bodies. Look at your Luke text for a second, and just look at all the bodies. Notice how many words there are that relate to bodies and senses in the body. There's baby, womb, that's not a word we use every day. There's hearing and ears, mother, women. Two pregnant bodies are meeting in this encounter. You are never more aware of your body than when you are pregnant, let me tell you. And I want to be clear from the very start, we are talking about pregnant bodies today. These are not the only female bodies that matter to the Lord. So let's talk about bodies for a minute. What bodies do we see in these passages? Let's start with Mary. What sort of body is Mary's body? It's a teenage female body. It's a virgin body and a newly pregnant body, and an unmarried body, which is extremely, uh, you know, in that community, that's at a risk of being cast out, right? It was a Jewish body in an area controlled by Rome. It was a body that was able to make a long and dangerous journey on her own. At the very beginning of our passage, Mary's off. Somehow she's able to do that. Her body was pretty able. How about Elizabeth? She's an older female body. Scripture says she is advanced in years, or as the NIV puts it, very old. Her body is a previously barren body, but now a six-month pregnant body. A married body to a Jewish priest, no less. She has a secure place in her community. We know her body's able to hear, to see, to speak, in contrast to her husband right now who can't speak. Hers is a body that becomes filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesies with her tongue. Then we have John the fetus, who grows up to be John the Baptist. He's not doing any baptizing yet. Elizabeth's about six months along, so 22-ish weeks of pregnancy. A 22-ish week baby inside is about two pounds in weight and one foot in length. So this is a body that can't live outside of Elizabeth, but it's a body that can leap. It's a body that can sense and respond to God. And then Jesus, the fetus. Maybe eight weeks along at best in here. An eight-week-old fetus is half an inch in length, a kidney bean but the eyelids and the ears are forming. And you can see the tip of the nose. This body is a body that is God with us. 
This body is the body that will grow to become the savior of the world, a body that will die on the cross for us. And this is a body that is held inside another body. Again, lots of wombs in these verses. Verse 42, that it says, the child you will bear, it's fruit of your womb. Womb, womb, womb. Jesus. So this little scene that we're so familiar with is a grand meeting of bodies. What one commentator calls the first gathering of the community of Jesus. What do all these bodies have in common? Different ages, different sizes, different genders. They are vulnerable bodies. Dependent bodies. Bodies at risk. Mary, as Pastor Stephanie said so well, she rushed away from her encounter with Angel Gabriel to meet with Elizabeth because he told her Elizabeth would be pregnant. Let's go see. It seems like Mary had some urgency here, as you can imagine. Um, I was talking with Steph a little bit about this passage yesterday as she was preparing to share for the children's moment. And she mentioned probably Mary was finding someone who might be able to protect her till God worked things out with Joseph, right? She's at risk. She's vulnerable. Her body in this long journey, she might have had morning sickness, tiredness, foggy brain. Anybody who's had a baby, you know, ugh, doesn't feel good. She probably had fear. Would Elizabeth believe her? Would anyone believe her? Or would Elizabeth scold her and call her body sinful rather than blessed and send her away? I can imagine Mary on that journey trying to figure out how to approach Elizabeth. Should I say anything? Kind of test things out first. Maybe I should just focus on her and not notice that if I stay with her for three months, I'm not getting my menstrual cycle. Bodies, guys. Women would have known and noticed these things. Mary was extremely vulnerable, and she knew it, even as she believed that the Lord would fulfill his word to her. For both women in that time, pregnancy was not for the faint of heart. No ultrasounds, no prenatal vitamins, no C-sections. And Elizabeth's age made her extremely high risk. I had Junie when I, was, I turned 35 over the course of that pregnancy. And you know what they call a pregnancy once you turn 35? A geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> if me at 35 is a geriatric pregnancy, high risk, imagine how high risk Elizabeth was. But for the Lord. And as we know, these unborn babies, one maybe about that big, one about that big, totally vulnerable. Our bodies are vulnerable too, aren't they? Our skin is so thin, we just get a little nick and we bleed. If any part of our body gets sick, the rest of it is affected. Think of how many things we need just to live. In this climate, we need shelter and warmth and clothes. We need food multiple times a day and water even more often. And that's just for our bodies to survive, much less our spirits and our tender hearts. Our bodies break so easily. I got a family text recently from, about my brother-in-law, who's young, I think maybe my age, a little younger. He's in really great shape. He's a younger, he, a runner, sorry, a younger runner. I think I made up a new word by accident. He was at a friend's birthday party, and he jumped in the air to give a high five, and he came down and landed wrong and broke his foot. Our bodies are so vulnerable. 
our body together. The body of the church feels pretty vulnerable right now too, doesn't it? That might feel scary. It does to me. Feeling vulnerable and exposed is uh, one of my least, least favorite things. I imagine Mary and Elizabeth felt scared, scared at times, and yet there is good news in this meeting of vulnerable bodies. Good news for us in our vulnerability as well, and that is this. It is when we are at our most vulnerable that God is most able to show his strength in us. When we are at our most vulnerable, God is most able to show his strength in us. That place of vulnerability where we have no control is the very place where the Lord is the mighty one who does great things for us and holy is his name. Mary arrives at Elizabeth's doorstep in vulnerability, trusting God, but not knowing. And the Lord prepares the way for Elizabeth to see her and believe her. Again, I love that Pastor Steph emphasized that this morning, that vulnerable John's body recognizes and leaps at the work of the Lord preparing the way. That the Lord works through vulnerable Elizabeth's body to recognize and name the work of the Lord, to pronounce blessing and not shame over Mary's body. And of course, the Lord works through Mary too, even as she sees the Lord has prepared the way even for her. And she sings this tremendous song. Think about how this song has been recorded for hundreds of years. Wow. It's a song that has echoed, whispered, threatened, been banned, and rejoiced through all the centuries since. My soul magnifies the Lord, makes it big. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He saw me in my vulnerability, and for me, he has been the mighty one, Hadunatas the one who's able, the one who's powerful, the one who's strong, who does great things, not just for everyone else in the world, not just for nations and people that we've never heard of, but for me. The Lord is powerful in mercy. The Lord is mighty in justice. He fills the hungry, lifts up the humble, scatters the proud, not to create another system in which some bodies oppress other bodies, but to bring about shalom in which all bodies flourish, in which all have enough in which all have agency and voice, in which all rejoice in the tender, mighty mercy of the Lord. This amazing song of the Mighty One rises from that very place of dependence and vulnerability. As Debbie Thomas, my girl, puts it, the worship we see on Elizabeth's doorstep doesn't take place at some sanitized remove from fear, pain, and loss. This is worship in the crucible of uncertainty and hardship. Their worship sits right alongside their hardest questions. That resonates with me, and it's good news. It's when we are at our most vulnerable that God is most able to show his strength in us. This is the point at which a skeptic, a sermon skeptic, might say, okay, preacher, but how? Because it feels like a big gap between me feeling about this big and exposed and powerless, us as a church feeling all the uncertainty and questions and confusion and hardship of this season, and being able to trust that the Lord is the mighty one. It's like if you're hiking, I enjoy hiking in Arizona. Sometimes you can see a spot up on the mountain. I'm like, I'd like to go up there. 
but I don't see how to get there. There's no trail. You might take a trail and it leads you off in the other way. That's a little bit what this might feel like. We feel the vulnerability here. We know the Lord is the mighty one up here. How do we get from here to there? Well, we take on the same posture as Mary and Elizabeth and the same posture as Jesus in the words of Hebrews. Here I am. I have come to do your will. When I first read the Hebrews reading this week, the word that jumped out to me is body, a body I have prepared for you. Jesus' own body was prepared in the womb. Mary's body was prepared to hold Jesus safe, her body nourishing his body, growing his body, feeding his body, changing his body, soothing his body, loving his body. And the body that was prepared for Jesus, as Hebrews told us, was a body prepared to do God's will. Jesus and Mary both. This is the response Jesus gave at every step of his life, including, most crucially, on his way to the cross, giving himself over to death, utter vulnerability. Father, save me, but not my will, but yours be done. This was Mary's response when Gabriel showed up and said, guess what? I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And this can be our posture too. Even in this time in which we feel the lack of control, all the questions, I'm pretty helpless. Here I am. Here we are, Lord. We're ready to do your will. We're trying. Help us. That's the prayer in this season that will take us from where we are on the trail into the spot in the mountains where we want to go. I don't think we're going to see the whole trail. But as we pray this prayer, we'll see the next step and the next, and the next. As we pray that prayer of trust, here I am, I've come to do your will. That prayer of trust from our little mouths, our tongues, our lungs, and all the different types of bodies here in this room, watching at home. As we pray that prayer, the Lord will show up as the mighty one. In here, and in here. The Lord has done great things for me, and holy is his name. I want to close with one more practice that can help our bodies move through this trauma together, which is simply singing together. And if you don't know the words, humming too. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here. 
Until the Son of God appear, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O mighty name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.